welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit more about sanctification. This is a subject, of course, we talk about a lot on this channel, uh, but I wanted to bring it up again because there is a, a message I listened to recently, and this is what the pastor had mentioned. Part of sanctification is to learn what sin is. And we can only do that through the Bible. Now, this piggybacks on a few other topics we've talked about in the last month. One of those being uh, people, some people saying, well, you know, just because you read the Bible doesn't mean you know, you're a, a Christian or a sound Christian. And I completely vehemently disagree on the basis that if you are reading the Bible regularly, you're daily in it. You finish it and you restart it. You do all these things. That is a character that only a Christian has. That is the character that is longing after the Word of God. And that is what is so fundamentally important. That it's, yes, yeah, picking up the Bible and reading it doesn't mean anything. More atheists have read this than have Christians professing Christians, I should say. I think many of those professing Christians who say, I'm a Christian, have never read this book, will not be in heaven. I think that Matthew 7 makes that very clear. But that being said, when you have this desire to pick up the scripture and read it and understand it and apply it to your life, we have this idea inside of us then that that we are understanding and learning. And the reason this is so important is because this is what tells you what living before God is. You cannot in any wise come to idea what it is to live before God devoid of this, because this is God's word on earth. You have all these feelings and emotions inside of you. Oh, I have this good feeling. It must be God. I'm sorry. A good feeling is not intrinsically and explicitly of God. All right. Now, it's interesting to see how this has changed throughout the years. I'm reading Uncle Tom's Cabin right now, and uh, I'm to the point of the book near the end of the book where, where uh, the little girl Eva dies, and before she dies, she gathers all of the slaves, and she, she wishes that her father would just pardon them all and send them away, and it's this feud and this conflict among themselves because he treats them so well uh, as well, and so many of them are happy even not wanting to leave. Uh, but she gathers them all together before she dies and talks to them about prayer and about Christ and, and all these things. They kind of, kind of preaching the gospel to them one, one last bit. And of course they can't read and that's one of the problems. So they can't read this. So one of the commands is get somebody to read the book to you if you can't read it. Now, are there fringe cases in the world where somebody does not have access to the scripture and God can lead them to their heart? Absolutely and unequivocally. I think this happens in places where actual ownership of the Bible is completely forbidden. South Korea, Islamic countries. These are places when God certainly can guide your heart. Of course, there is the verse. Uh, I think it's in John. I didn't pull it out here. And it says, um, it says we have no need for anyone to teach us any longer. Um, that sounds like a Hebrews verse. I think that's my, probably a Hebrews verse. Anyway, uh, whatever that verse says, it is in there. And all of these things gathering together to say we have to, we have to get into the scripture and read it and understand it so we can understand the principles of sanctification. Now, for those of us in America, do not expect any American Christian to get by on the heart and the feeling of the matter because we have so much ready access to us. Every, even if you don't have one, you're not from a Christian home, you can go get a Bible, you can find a Bible, you can go. If you are an atheist believer, you're from this purely atheist, militantly atheist home, you can still walk to nearly any church in this place, knock on the door, say, I don't know God, I would like to read the Bible, and I guarantee you, at least every other church you go is going to hand you a Bible. 
for sure, and sit down and explain to you a little bit about Jesus. You might say, I just kind of read it. Let me come back a little bit later. I don't want to hear much from you right now. I don't want to be biased in ideas. Let's read it. I'm sure they'd be like, all right, fine. Here's the Bible. Read it. Come back with questions. You know, but as we get back to this basic principle, sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Now, some groups, uh, like I think the, the Nazarenes uh, believe we can reach perfection inside of earth. There's the free grace guys on the other side say, oh, it doesn't even matter. You just pray a little prayer and you're saved. And I would disagree completely and vehemently with both of those. And even at times question their salvation. First question is salvation of a guy who thinks he's reached perfection. John tells us he who says he is without sin is a liar. But the guys on the other side going, oh, I pray a prayer once when I was in third grade. Who know? Who cares about if I have you know monkeypox because of my lifestyle? That's you know not the case either. But sanctification is the process of becoming more like Christ, and that is only learned through the Bible. So I want to look at a, a fairly lengthy section for daily walks measure at least, not nearly as much as we do on our Thursday prophets shows, but uh, we're going to look at Romans chapter seven verses four through 12, because it makes this point about the purpose of the law and the, the importance of the scripture. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined together to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law, for I would not have known about coveting if the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind, for apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but my commandment came, sin, because, uh, became, uh, because the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And in this commandment, which was the result in life, proved to result in death for me, for sin taking opportunity through the commandment deceived me, and though it killed me, so then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So as we look at this scripture and we, we ponder these different things, we have a few observations. First and foremost, a person who does not even know what sin is before God doesn't even know that they're sinning. And so, so then they don't even think about sin. So these are not things like going out and murdering people. We tend to have it written on our heart not to kill. Even when we steal, I write in my book, Half My Life, that um, I'm walking down. Nobody trained me one way or the other. I wasn't, I was raised in a totally atheistic home. I'm walking down the street one day. I'm like, <clears throat> you know, six or seven or something. Walking down the street and there's a little micro machine. Remember the micro machine sitting on the edge of somebody's yard? I wanted it. Oh, we didn't have things like that. I wanted it. I'm, and you know, I, it's sitting on the edge of the yard, perilously close to the road. I mean, we're like this far from the road. And I'm just like, you know, and I knew instinctively it was wrong to take that car because it was in somebody's yard. It wasn't just on some sidewalk somewhere. It was in somebody's yard. 
I knew even at that age, even never been trained about stealing or whatever else, that it was wrong to steal because those laws are written on our heart. But there are certainly things we don't even know are sin. And as we become stronger and grow in Christ and through the word, we start understanding a little bit more. We understand that the snippy little comments we might say are sin. We might understand that using insults at our friends, even in jest, is sin. We start to understand a lot of these different principles because the word is what gives us the knowledge about what sin is. And so as we walk across the way and we, we stop and we examine all of these different principles, it is only through the word of God that we can come to true knowledge of sanctification. So when I see a person who doesn't spend any time in the scriptures, they're like, Jesus leads me by my heart. They're not saved. I'm sorry, they're not saved. They have a, a form of godliness. They think they know what salvation is, but they know nothing about salvation. They know nothing about God. They are not a person who is dedicated and given their life to the pursuit of following God. They're a person who likes the idea of God, likes the idea of heaven and salvation, and thinks that doing, uh, doing good things is what makes you a Christian, and it doesn't. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And that is only accomplished by giving up your sins to him daily and accepting the sacrifice he gave daily to us. Now, is this every single day, like tomorrow I can lose my salvation? Absolutely not. I completely agree in the perseverance of the saints. That's a completely different message for a completely different day. Uh, but suffice it to say, um, you're not saved just because you said a prayer once, um, but you're not at risk of losing our salvation every single day. So hopefully that's been helped and you understand that it is in the scripture and it is in the law that shows us what is right and what is good before God. With that, thanks for watching, everybody. Have a look over at the website at ourwalkinchrist.com. Sign up on that newsletter. Have a look at the bookstore. Pick up a book. I talked about half my life, my story about why I'm such a vehement Christian. Um, fascinating book. And uh, pretty soon here, we're actually going to be start working on the audiobook production. I was lagging behind on that for a few different reasons. Um, but uh, now that my voice is back, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started on uh, the audiobook. So keep an eye out for that. It should probably be out um, within probably a few months, I'd say. Uh, if you sign up to the newsletter, you'll uh, get a notification and maybe even a coupon code to get it. Anyway, with that said, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. <laughs>